Hello and welcome to the Movie Scramble podcast. In a slight change of format today, we will not be reviewing a film, but instead we are going to be reviewing the Glasgow Film Festival, which just ended this very weekend. Alongside myself is the ever-delightful Mary. Hello Mary, how are you doing? I don't think I've ever been accused of being ever-delightful, so that is wonderful. (laughs) I'm good, I'm filmed out. I definitely have spent a lot of time over the past two weeks in in dark rooms, so it's nice to be in daylight again. It is a bit weird, isn't it? I managed to take time off over the last week and a half so I could pretty much go to every day of the film festival taking in an awful lot of different content, so it was very nice indeed. So what we're going to talk about here today is we'll just have a catch-up with regards to our overall impressions of the film festival and we will end it with a discussion of our favourite film from the festival. Now, the Glasgow Film Festival has been going on now for 16 years, believe it or not. It's come from very humble beginnings to the sort of mini behemoth that it is now. It's now regarded as the third biggest film festival in the UK behind London and Edinburgh and just as of today there was a end of festival press release sent out saying that it's the best year ever for the film festival. There's been 43,000 admissions which is absolutely fantastic given it's a, a festival in a city like Glasgow which which is reasonably small in terms of actual cinema footprint, but obviously there's an appetite for it and long may it continue. As well as the 43,000 admissions, there was 3,000 people attended the first ever UK exhibition by the Hollywood photographer Susan Wood, which ran through the festival at the Lighthouse. These wee strands additions to the festival are really kind of what make it. Now, the festival itself, as I say, ran over 10 days. There was Caitlin Moran, Simon Pegg, George Mackay, Earl Cave, Simon Bird, Emily Beecham, Images Puts, Celia Emery, Bill Patterson and the cast of Our Ladies all in attendance for their films. A lot of them were either UK or European premieres as well. It made for a very, very interesting film as far as I'm concerned. The film festival for those who don't know is based on a number of strands. We have Fright Fest, Stranger Than Fiction, Local Heroes, there was a focus on Icelandic film, Future Cult, Cinemasters, Window in the World, Crossing the Line and Strand, where it highlighted female filmmakers who the festival's choice featured a large part within the festival, not just that strand itself. There was a lot more female representation here, which is excellent because that's what you're trying to get within this industry. You're trying to get parity right across the board. So, Mary, your overall impressions of the festival? I mean, I love it. I'm obviously, just because it's my home city and I want to beat Edinburgh because we've got that sort of intercity rivalry going on. So I just want this festival to be the best it can be. And I definitely think it's drawing a lot kind of more diverse films, more talent up to do the, the red carpet walk or whatever. And I certainly think that people who wouldn't necessarily engage with cinema because they think it's maybe, you know, films that are, don't speak to them or maybe it's all about big blockbusters. I certainly think it draws those people out and back into the cinemas as well and you know we've got lots of great locations and venues this year they obviously do like their kind of interactive film sets as well which they were doing down at the arches and swg3 a couple of years ago i did go and see the thing sitting in the snow at Brayhead, and that was the weirdest experience ever but so good like there's so much to it it's not just like you can go and see films as you said you know they've got photography exhibitions they've got loads of directors who are willing to do q and a's or, or what face-to-face interviews they've got you know chats from people who 
work in maybe makeup or costume there's there's just so much more to it than just you know going to see films but what I love about it most is definitely the chance to go to the the GFT which is just the most stunning cinema I love it it's, it's still got some of its art deco features it's really beautiful but also just the chance to to maybe get away from the typical and actually see something a wee bit different and and celebrate really diverse strands of cinema that otherwise I think you genuinely would struggle to get a hold of either through a streaming service or on Blu-ray or whatever and it's, it's being with an audience as well when you're watching this stuff because that that's really what makes it I think. Definitely yes there's a real market for it in Glasgow there's a real appreciative audience out there which is a little different to your usual world of cine audience I would say mm-hmm. having spent a, a bit of time in both of those type of audiences over the last week and a half. It's quite incredible the way that people react to films, especially films that you wouldn't expect to be popular and they end up selling out as well. There was a number of them, especially last weekend. I was speaking to a few people and they were saying that pretty much all of the screenings of the GFT on the Saturday and Sunday were selling out, if not close to selling out. Wow. And there's some very, very difficult films there as well. My highlight of the, the festivals in terms of sort of general thing with festivals is that you get such diversity in, in well, pretty much everything, as you say. There's lots and lots of things to see. I don't think I saw an English language film the first two days I was there. <laughs> it just happened to be... That's uh, amazing. saw Ukrainian, Icelandic, saw one of these multinational films as well. It was just, it was just absolutely amazing. It was great, really, really good. One of the highlights for myself, obviously, is the movies that they do first thing in the morning. Mm-hmm. They have a curated programme every year, and this year it was all around the theme of Are We There Yet? So it was a sort of dystopian future. And I managed to catch a couple of films on the big screen that I love, but I've never actually been able to see projected. The likes of Planet Napes, Soylent Green, and Westworld, oh, I saw it. Brilliant. <laughs> Which are just amazing to see these films because you're reminded that they're made in a different way. Mm-hmm. than you would ever see. There's paced differently. There's more emphasis on story, which I think is based mainly on the fact that the special effects are can be pretty ropey with some of these films, <laughs> that they have to plough as much of their time and effort into making the story work more than anything else and then worrying about the special effects. These were all curated by Alan Hunter, one of the co-directors of the yeah. film festival, who comes on and basically gives a 10-minute talk about each film. He goes into the production of the film, gives you a bit of background about who was actually cited to star in the films and some of the troubles that the, the productions had as well. And it's oh, always really interesting. Yeah, yes, he's, he's very good at it. It's, it's a, an excellent piece of work. And I've actually gone up to him and said to him a couple of times, that was absolutely superb. Oh, well done. It's really, really good, especially for first thing in the morning, you know. Yeah. I think that's really what I like, though, is that all of the festival volunteers or curators or whatever you can tell they just love film like a few times Alison Gardner the uh, co-director got up and spoke before her films that I went to see and you can tell they're just bursting to tell you about you know what you're about to see and other strands of the festival and on that note I would just like to say a huge thank you to Ewan and Emma at the press box office who were very helpful whenever I was going to pick up tickets largely because I usually forgot what I was going to see that day <laughs> um, and it was always a bit of a shambles trying to get tickets printed but I think the staff genuinely just care they want a, a festival that has something for everyone I know that sounds cheesy but they want to make sure that everyone that's going along gets something out of it whether it's a, a new film they haven't seen or as you said you know revisiting some classics I think they also do some free screeners as well is that correct 
like first thing in the morning they do some well, free that's tickets the, for. That's yeah. the future. Yeah. Uh, the future dystopian ones, that's the ones that are the, the freebies. And they have those in GFT1 as well. You're getting to see it in probably the best cinema out there. I know the Cineworld screeners mm-hmm. are, are very nice and the seats are very comfy and everything. But to see a film projected in GFT1 oh, yeah. is just amazing. And to see it with an audience who have come there because they want to see something. Because it's not easy for a lot of people to get out at half past ten in the morning to mm-hmm. see a film, especially with the weather it's been over the last week or so. So, yes. People who see these films want to be there and they really enjoy them. Absolutely. That's one thing I'll say about the Fright Fest audience, like, because I always make a point of trying to see a couple of things at a Fright Fest as well, because to me it's like, it's rowdy, feels like you're Mm -hmm. in a bar, like everyone's like really excited and usually during the films there's a lot of like whooping and hollering and clapping and like they're really, really reactive, like they really get into whatever they're seeing and I think it's so nice, like how often do you go to the cinema and like at the end of every film there's a round of applause or like whistling because they love what they see on screen, like it's just people like, it's again it sounds really corny, people come together who really love cinema and they all want to be there and obviously in particular with Fright Fest it's obviously all horror focused it is it's exciting it makes you feel kind of excited and it like as much as I was like oh shit I've got five reviews to write up like in the space of 24 <laughs> hours you're like oh but I want to because I had such a good time because everybody else in the room was like really enjoying it and you felt like you were really getting into it as well so no I just I love it there's a real good buzz about it and to all visiting guests I promise Glasgow like it stops raining at some point <laughs> I'm just not sure when <laughs> well, they, they take allowances for that by not having very many outdoor screenings in February. Yeah, yeah don't think they could take that risk. <laughs> yeah, everything tends to be indoors. So we'll go on to specifics now. Obviously, it was a, a very packed itinerary, I would say, over the 10 days of something. It was over 200 films yeah. that were shown. So I know, and I know it's like trying to choose your favourite child or something, but what was what was the favourite film for yourself over the festival? I do feel like Meryl Streep right now. Actually, <laughs> do you know, it was one that surprised me. It was one that I kind of picked sort of on a whim. But my favourite that I saw was Five is the Perfect Number. An Italian gangster movie set in Naples in the 1970s. And again, the, like the director, like he adapted his own graphic novel into a film. So the aesthetics are just stunning. Like it's really, really visual, absolutely luscious to look at. And it's, as I said in the review that it's on the Movie Scramble site, it's like Sam Peckinpah meets Wes Anderson meets Quentin Tarantino. It just has all these elements of like classic cinema, like motifs and themes and, and visuals. And it was just, it was so cool. It was like so effortless and those guys swagging around and they've got like their trilbies on and their good Italian shoes and their Macs. But it was super violent. Like the violence is some of the best cinema violence I've seen in a long time. And it was just, it really struck me because I kind of thought it was going to be this sort of old gritty, like old man film. But it was so stylish mm-hmm. and really, really wicked one-liners as well. Like again, the audience were really, really laughing and getting involved in it. One of my, my favourite lines in the whole film is the title character sitting down. He's reminiscing about how he fell in love with his wife. And he was, there's a wee flashback and there's a lot of like, you know, guys with Tommy guns. And he's like, yeah, I remember that day I had to kill all of her family to get her to notice me. We were so happy. And it's, it's this throwaway lines like that. that you're like, oh, this is so good. And, it, you know, it totally took me by surprise. It was one that I kind of picked just because I, I kind of like gangster movies. But it, to me, that was the standout. And 
I probably have seen like better or kind of more clever films even just during the festival, but it's, that's the one that's going to stick with me, I think. Absolutely. I read the review of it on the site. It's very good. Obviously, that's a bit of self-publicising there, yep. you know, picking up ourselves. <laughs> Someone's got to do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, excellent choice. I what about didn't you, see that film, unfortunately. Uh, the film that I uh, most enjoyed was a film called The Translators. Les dix premières pages de Dédalus, tome 3, ne t'appartiennent plus si tu ne verses pas la somme d'ici 24 heures. 100 pages supplémentaires apparaîtront demain sur la toile. I mean, look at us. We're in prison down here. It's one of these films that feature a European cast. Mm-hmm. And basically from everywhere and that becomes apparent through the story it's the kind of film that used to be called a Europood film it's like mm-hmm. it brings in money from all over Europe and you have various actors in it it stars Alex Lauder, Olga Kurienko and Ricardo Scamario basically it's a, a whodunit a, cool. a mystery film based around the fact that it's a, there's a, a publisher who is publishing the third book in a series this fantastic series that has uh, been a so worldwide phenomena and he wants to make sure that he maximizes his profits for this book going out so what he does is he gets all these translators from all the sort of major languages chinese italian english because it's written in french german spanish mm-hmm. brings together either 11 or 12 people brings them brings them to this villa that's got this luxury bunker that has no outside connections whatsoever and gives them pages from the book in order so they can translate it and they've got a month to translate it. Now, during this process, the publisher starts receiving these emails saying, I'm going to publish the first 100 pages of your book if you don't give me 100 million euros. And he doesn't know where this is coming from because he's had the only copy of it. Mm -hmm. Everything's been done in secret. So he's suspecting that it's somebody in the bunker, but he's got no idea Oh, that so cool. So he starts interrogating everybody and it gets quite sinister and quite dark in places. Basically makes sure that he's fully on top of everything. And then the next demand comes in with the next 100 pages having published the first lot. And it just kind of spirals from there. It's one of these stories. It just it's so it's really sort of kinetic. It just keeps mm-hmm. going, keeps going, keeps going and it builds up. And you don't really have an idea of what's going on until maybe the last 20 minutes of it. And even then you're kind of thinking, is this actually how it's how it's going to end? Yeah. It seems a wee bit strange. And again, there's, it goes all over the place. I'm not going to say any more than that because it's one of these films you really should see. It's a cracking, cracking movie. I and definitely I want really, to go really see that. I wish I, I wish I had gone to see it. It sounds amazing. Actually, I, I remember reading the brochure. They said it was like Knives Out kind of style sort of thing mm-hmm. like that can work kind of reminiscent of that but no it does it sounds amazing um so was there a premiere of that is that was simon Pegg was up for or am i talking rubbish no that was lost translations that he was that up for was. which again was an excellent film i saw that on this last saturday i think it was i i missed the the premiere screaming of it where he was in talking about the film and everything but that was a very good film brutal and very very dark because it's, it's dealing with mental illness and oh. loss and things like that. It's not, it was nowhere near comedic Simon Pegg at all. It's a very, very serious role. Interesting. Excellent in it. Came across really, really well in it. I was, well, I, I don't know why I'm surprised because doing comedy is more difficult than doing straight roles. Yeah. Because you're having to do a straight role and then basically make it funny on top mm-hmm. of that. 
So if you can do comedy, then it shouldn't be any more of a stretch to do a straight role. And you see that time and time again. Comedians who come in and do straight roles. Adam Sandler, when he can be actually arsed doing a straight role. Oh, Uncut Gem. Tremendous. Yeah, he's very good at it because he's a very good actor. Most people hate his comedies. It's neither here nor there. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, so, so overall, the great festival I saw. 20 films and I just echo your sentiments with regards to the, the organisation of it as well. The support staff were excellent. I was able to carry out a couple of interviews as well for the site, the first of which will be on today, I believe. Today being Sunday. Yeah. And the second one will be up as soon as I can actually get Marston gear and actually look <laughs> at the damn thing. <laughs> and one that I've been asked to hold back until it's proper cinema release, so that will come later on in the year. But it's all related to the film festival, so I will Wonderful. obviously give them a big shout at the time. It was uh, uh, interesting in that sort of respect because it's the first year I've actually been doing interviews. We've been offered them in the past, but it's something that we haven't really touched on, mm-hmm. to be perfectly fair, but it's some, somewhere that we're, we're going to be hopefully expanding into over the next months and years, I would, yeah. I would say. Yeah. It's definitely an avenue because it's always interesting speaking to people who want to talk about films. Absolutely, and I think like because, especially at Fright Fest as well, there was loads of directors at, at Fright Fest. Ryan Spindell was there before the Mortuary Collection came on, which is such a good film, I can't recommend it enough. It was literally just pipped to the post by Five is the Perfect Number. It was absolutely tremendous horror anthology. But what I think is, is nice about it is particularly when the films are kind of smaller mm-hmm. and the director of the Mortuary Collection had spoken about, you know, taking like so many years to make and he now had no money left because it was just every, everything about himself he poured into this film. And I think like when it's people like that who genuinely care about their product and it's not just like some other junket, to them like I think that makes for kind of better interviews as well because they're they're there because they actually love their film and not just because their agent has told them you need to be in Glasgow at a certain time to do so many <laughs> interviews you know so okay so that is basically a roundup of the 2020 Glasgow Film Festival it has just been announced that the film festival will be running from the 24th of February through to the 7th of March next year fantastic which is always good. I plan to get my annual leave in as soon as I... I'm going to do that right now that I'll actually have holidays left next year. So, yeah. Yeah, so it's just been a lovely experience again and I really, really enjoyed it. I'm really pleased that I got involved once more. Okay, so thanks very much, everybody. It's been a bit of a short one this time, which is good, obviously, for your ears and it's good for us because it saves our voices. So until the next time, thank you very much and... Cheerio. See you on the next pod. Bye.